We're talking hockey. Raldi and Rupert talking hockey. Bolton Six. <laughs> Hello and welcome to That's Hockey Talk. I am your host, Nick Moraldo. It's a beautiful night for talking hockey on the internet. That magical voice you just heard, that sweet sound of that beautiful serenade, is our pal, the pals, our north of the border friend at Bubba Gumpino. Gumps, how you doing up there in the Great White North? Uh, all is well. Beautiful, beautiful stuff over here, my friend. Joining us, as always, our resident Stanley Cup champion, Game 7 goal-scoring hero, Mike Rupp. Rupper, how you doing, brother? I'm good. I'm good, boys. Good to be on here with you guys. We don't got a game tonight, but it'll give us some time to kind of hot stove a little bit, and it'll be good. I know. It feels weird. Here we are. Look, uh, Colorado sweeps the second round. They sweep the third round with a backup goalie, might I add. And now here we are awaiting to see who they will play in the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, Colorado, I don't want to say hoist, but got their hands on, we'll say, the uh, Clarence uh, Campbell Trophy. That, fucking, that pitcher will fucking be their demise, my friend. You can't do <laughs> shit like that. You can't hang that in the lerve, as they say, like their <laughs> caption said. That's the end of it. It was a good run, Colorado. But, it was good. Uh, it's over now, right? Yeah, it was, it shouldn't, have, shouldn't have posted that, my friend. That'll be the end of it. And now we've got a tie series over in the east. We've got Tampa Bay all square at two with the New York Rangers after two home games in Tampa. Do we have a homer series? Uh, can the Rangers figure it out on the road? All good questions, all things we will figure out. Before we get to our guests, who is ready and waiting, and we thank him so much. Uh, the wonderful Kevin Weeks will be joining us just in a minute. Um, I, I want to get to something here, guys, because it's a big day. Um, it's June 8th, and that may not stand out to many of you. Oh, fuck uh, off. But <laughs> we in the hockey community acknowledge Jesus. June 8th as Yammer Yager Day. And on Yag's Day, I just want to acknowledge, take a look at this incredible streak that has finally been broken from 1979, 1980, until 2021. A teammate of Yags has played in the Stanley Cup final. This is every teammate he's had, uh, guys he's played with throughout his career. (laughs) Maybe a little, maybe we were stretching a little at the end, but hey, this is a hell of a streak. This is something. This is something to tell your kids about. This is a streak yeah. that I don't know if I'll ever be broken. Go ahead, Gumps. I mean, you know, I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm captivated by the names on this list, my That's, friend. I mean, look, I got, yeah, I got in my phone tonight, so I'm getting really close. Um, wow, JJ did, did you know. Hey, look, Rupper, a couple of teammates of yours. We got uh, Jay Pandolfo in uh, yeah. 2003. Benoit Hogue, what a name. Wow, what a fucking run for the Stars to the Cup there. Yeah. Wow, that's there's, stars some, uh, there's some good good names on that list there. Willie like Mitchell, that. talk about Willie a player. Willie Mitchell, twice. Yeah. Mitchy. Wow. Yeah, man, there's some uh there's some good. Where did where oh we, where did Yags play with Carcillo? Was that Philly then? Yeah. Must have been. Yeah, I had to fill Where did he right? play with uh I, I I for some reason I forget where did he play with John Merrill? <laughs> well maybe Devils. our guest maybe Devils. Can help us figure that out. Uh, yeah, he played with the Devils. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you've seen him on NHL Network, you see him on ESPN. He is the premier analyst, and now this past season he dipped his toes in and became 
what many are saying, the premier insider yeah. newsbreaker in the league across the national. Uh, longtime vet goaltender, now turned super consummate professional stud analyst. Ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Weeks joins us. Weeksy, thank you so much for kicking it with us one more time. Well, what's up, fellas? Thanks for having me, man. How you guys doing? Thanks to Ruppy for the assist. Yeah, man. Good to be uh, good to be on with you. You got, hey, I haven't seen you unpacking those masks. Give me some background on those. Like, I know, I know you've been uh, you've been putting it on. I think your IG, and yeah. you've been saying like like where are these coming from? Are they you know all of them have a little story and they're different players, right? Like, give me give me some examples yeah. here. Yeah, they're all they're all replicas. Like above my this side here, actually, no, this way. Yeah, above that way. That's uh, Bunny LaRock, his Toronto Maple Leaf one. Underneath that, Bernie Perrant. Over in the middle with the Big Apple, Wayne Thomas, Rangers. Up above that, Dryden. I can kind of go through all of them. A like, where, who, do, who who makes those? Are those like, I got a got? guy. I got a guy, yeah. Rubber, we're boys, <laughs> but I got a guy because I know people are going to chirp me. My guys, my, I won't even say the location of my guy, but he does replicas. And, and let me put it this way. Somebody... Somebody that we both know, we both met. He was trying to chirp me on, on uh, in my Masher? comments on this on IG. Yeah. Masher? No, it, no, it should have been the Masher. <laughs> the Masher. It yeah. should have been the Masher, but it's a wannabe Masher. That's not even a Smasher. But anyway, I won't even dignify him. Okay. And give his give his name airtime on here, but he's trying to chirp me. He's like, "Oh, weeks. I know you get them from blank, and you get them from blank." So here's my thing, yo. For those of us that got paid to wear them, we don't have to buy them to know what it feels like to get paid to wear one. So that's my thing for him. But uh, no, I've got a bunch of them. For good point. Yeah, we just we just had them uh, installed today. There's a whole bunch beneath me. There's a bunch that are I haven't unboxed yet. So I nice, man. Try it out, man. So it's been it's been fun. It's cool having them down here in the basement. No, those two things are sick. Those things are sick. Almost as sweet as the boiler room, Weeksy. That might have been your finest work. Yeah, yeah, that was your finest work today, dude. That was all time. (laughs) Thank you. The boiler room just down the hall here in the basement. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that one just came to me because I was coming in from the garage and that boiler room's right in front of me there. So, yeah, I was like, yeah, let me just go in there and mess around with that. It's it's fun. It's been fun. It's fun chasing them and, and chasing news anyways, because you guys know it's a 24-hour news cycle, right? 24-7 thing. But it's it's cool to just kind of put my own spin on it and have fun yeah. with it, have fun with the fans, right? It's taken off, man. It's been great. It's been great. Everyone loves it. And so talking about that, so before we get on like the 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 current series going on and talking the abs, like there's been some some news here. Maybe you can let us in on some like what dude, what's going on in Boston? Like, oh. What's happening right now? What's happening? I I want to be respectful of everybody involved. I I feel like things have run their course with Coach Cassidy, who did a really nice job there. We know how how long Claude Julian was there. Things and he did an amazing job. Clearly, winning his coach in their franchise history. Yeah, Coach Cassidy came in there. He did a really nice job. He brought in a lot of those young players. He had a lot of those young guys in Providence. He brought a lot of those young guys in. They played a little more of an offensive game, but it had just run its course in the dressing room from just speaking to different people, different players, different people there, it had just run its course and it started grading on them a little bit. And like anything, every, every coach, no matter how great or how, whatever they are, they have a shelf life. And there were just enough influential players in that group that were essentially saying, Hey, at this point, we, we'd rather 
We'd rather it be somebody else. And, uh, you know, obviously the Patrice Bergeron thing is, is huge because yeah. he's, he's been so essential to that franchise. And I'm not sure. I'm not saying for sure. I'm just saying I'm not sure if Coach Cassie was in place that Patrice Bergeron was coming back. And there's still no guarantee with him not in place that he's coming back. Yeah. But I just know from enough people there that it just got to the point to where guys were just kind of over it. And now he's a really good coach, so he's going to get an opportunity elsewhere. But guys are just kind of – it started grading on guys a little bit too much. We see that makes a lot more sense because I'm going to read something. You may know this, but I don't know if a lot of people know this, and I want to get this out there. I saw this tweet. Um, the NHL has been around for 104 years, right? Yeah. Massive history. 387 different head coaches throughout NHL history. Uh, of the 128 coaches that have five years experience, only Scotty Bowman, John Cooper, Claude Rule, and Pete Green earn points in the regular season at a higher rate than Bruce Cassidy. I mean, that's some wow. elite company. And you, you, it's a head scratcher when you see that pop up in the Twitterverse that Bruce Cassidy is out. But what you're saying and what you're hearing kind of lends a more, little more credence to that. Like, hey, the players don't care about those type of stats and that type of information. Like, it, they're, that's the voice they got to hear every day. That's the motivation and the driving factor for them. So if it's, gonna, if, they're, if it's a move to help Patrice Bergeron come back for another year, I can totally understand why they would want to make that move. And also keep an eye on David Krejci too. Now, does that, how does that impact things? Also, you heard some of the rumors about Pasternak, not necessarily, it was reported that he didn't want to necessarily resign there. Now his agent came out and refuted that and said that they're going to have conversation with Donnie Sweeney and they're going to explore an extension, but all things being equal. And this isn't only one thing that applies to uh, coach Cassidy or any one individual coach. This is for any coach at any level, but especially we can speak to our sport. At the end of the day, man, this is a partnership, and you need the players to be juiced to come to the rink every day. They got to be juiced to come to practice. They got to be juiced to, to be excited to be in the building. And if Ender went for any coach that that's not the case, then look out because you need your players to perform. Yeah. It's a different time, man. It's not me coming into the league in the mid-90s. Like, this is a different time. And the coaches that have that feel, that that feel and that relationship, those relationships with today's player, they're the ones that are able to squeeze the most out of the sponge. Yeah, no, it's well said. And I think that that's part of it, too. Like, And I don't know. I mean, you probably have your own feelings on it. But, like, when, when we hear in sports, like – a, a coach uh, it's run its course a new voice we hear those things said a lot like what does that what does that mean in, in my understanding or like the way i took it as a player inside the room it's like that the the margins in the nhl are like razor thin yeah. right yeah. so you have to like squeeze your guys get everything you can out of your guys and you know, up to this point, let's use a team like Boston, for example. They haven't won a cup. They haven't won a cup since 2011. Right. So have they had success under Cassidy? Absolutely. Sure. Uh, has he squeezed that group? I think that that group has overachieved over the last number of years. I thought that team was teetering on the cliff for a few years, and I, I thought that they were going to start going down. And and they've, they've kind of overachieved, in my opinion. <clears throat> but – now, how do you get them to the next level? You got to squeeze them again. You got to find different ways. You got to be creative. You've got to have their attention. 
And sometimes those things, you know, you can only squeeze it so much. You know what I mean? And, and that's why certain coaches that have the longevity are around forever. I don't know how they do it. Like, I don't know if it's that they're changing certain things or changing with times. But, I mean, Bruce Cass has been a part of the organization for, what, like 12, 14 years, something, head coach for six. Maybe, maybe like you said, it's just run its course because now it's like, if you can't get more out of the group, we've already seen what you can get out of the group, and it, it it's it's just not there yet to go over the top, right? So now when you start bringing in some of maybe the relational things on the side, it's probably just time, and it's at a pivotal time for this team, man. Yeah, we talked about like who we got. We got uh, we got Chucky Brightlights, who's out man. six months. We got yeah. uh, Marchand out for five. We see yeah. five months, five yep. months with his yep. double double hips, right? Yeah. Um, you've got uh, Patrice Bergeron, who's in that arm that arm cast for three months, but then there's the future of him that has to be decided. There's Mike Riley. I mean, there's other other players in there, but they're Grizzly. they're yeah, they're they're dinged. They're like they're dinged up, man. And uh, so I think this summer and this next season is going to be a huge, huge season in Boston. I don't know which way it's going to go. What do you think? They, like, what do they do? Because they see that's all part of it too. It's like you have these guys out till. December, you cannot just go out there in free agency and buy up players to to fulfill that that first three months of the season because when those guys are healthy, you need to be able to activate them off off <laughs> off the injured list, right? And right. if you've replaced them, now your salary cap's all screwed. Like you know what I mean? Like it's not easy. It's like you're almost gonna have to find a coach and just deal with it and try to do your best to stay afloat until these guys come back and then hope that you're able to, to kind of put something together and make the playoffs. Yeah, no, those are good points. Uh, I, I told, I totally see that too. You're going to have to factor in. If you do go shopping and free agency or you, you, you hit the trade market, it's great to have those things in the fridge or on the stove or in the pantry, but then you got to factor in what will also be coming back in the returning to health of your, your core players, as you were just mentioning that are out with those injuries by way of those surgeries. The biggest thing for me, fellas, is this, and for a lot of the viewers that are tuned in, and this isn't only applicable to Boston, here's where I stand, right? Like, Rupper, you're a super tough player. You played a long time. You're a cup champ. You're somebody that, you know, we look to playing together to really bring that energy in the room and then also be protective and then be a four-check guy and, and do on-ice security, Right. The challenge that I have with a lot of the coaches right now and even a lot of managerial types is there's a lot of mans out there that that weren't tough. So, and I'm just going to call it square. I'm getting tired of these mans puffing out their chest, like walking around trying to flex. Yo, Craig Berube doesn't do that. Chief, he was tough as nails. <laughs> I played against Chief. I used to see Chief and Chris Simon in Washington cruising around like nuclear submarines, man. Nobody wanted anything to do with them. But I see coaches that don't have any toughness in the DB unless you're undercover UFC or MMA or you're undercover boxing fight club. You're not tough. So a lot of the fake tough guy stuff by way of like leveraging. It gets it gets recognized really quickly by the players. Boy, players see that in the room. Players yeah. see that just like we do in TV. We have a lot of people that flex that too. And I'm like, bro, in, in Bantam, in Midget, you couldn't handle hitting in the corner. Like you, you can only flex so much with your title. And <laughs> it, it, 
trust me, players know, people know it's the same in any business. So that's one thing where the coaches that don't really come at players that way or the managers or people that don't come at players that way, or, you know, for those of you out there in the workforce, people don't come at you that way. You'll get a lot more. You'll get a lot more yeah. productivity. You get a lot more buy-in. Like I said, people are excited to come to work on a day-to-day basis. And that's a game changer. And I think there's a master class that a lot of people should take where that's concerned because that fake, fake tough persona, it's just not a good look. When when players look at your hockey DB and you don't have two, three hundred pimps that are legit, uh-uh. Yeah. No, you'll get you'll get you'll get smoked out, smoked you out get quick, smoked so, out real quick. Yeah, so I mean that's just another the, the thing with the thing with coaching is you got to have it's about you got to have the respect in the room, totally. and you got to give the respect in the room to receive respect. the respect in the room. So uh, you know, I think that that's that's something. A lot of times when we we sit there and we wonder about the coaching changes or this and that, yeah. and this guy had success here, didn't have success there, but hey, dude, this is a flooded, flooded coaching market. So like, let's give me give me a couple of your landing spot projections. Like what you think, what Kevin Wakes thinks, who's going to end up in Vegas, who's going to end hockey. up in Texas, <laughs> yeah, Texas hockey. Who's going to be in Dallas? You know, like do you have any that you think that you're leaning towards? I mean, you're not, you, we're not floating out rumors. Just what Kevin Weeks thinks is going to happen here. Okay, barring anything unforeseen, if I'm hedging, I say start with Barry Trotz. Because he's the big whale that's out there right now. I say Barry Trotz, either Vegas Golden Knights, or he goes back home to Manitoba, Winnipeg Jets. Those are my two for Barry Trotz. I move next to Torts, Rupper, who you and I both played for. Oh, baby. I see Torts going to the city of brotherly love. Okay, It's only right, Rupper. It has to happen. I see Torts going to Philly. I go next to the Dallas Stars. As of today, I see Pete DeBoer or his old old Winslet. I ain't fucking doing it with that dude. Seen enough of that guy. Hold on. I'm not. I'm just saying. Or if not Pete, my man Paul Maurice. Yeah, I like that. Give me one. Paul. I like give that me one. Paul any right? day of the week. But Paul, here's my like here's Paul. my question to you. But here's my question to you. I forgot about if Paul. if the conversations for a guy like Pete DeBoer, don't you think there's going to be some conversation with Pabs about Pete? Of course. You know? And so I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not alluding to anything. I'm with you. And some but we don't. You place. know, that's all part of the process where you don't know where things are at there. Because if you remember, Pabs kind of got his heart ripped out by the San Jose Sharks. Like Correct. right, so that's why he ended up in, in in Dallas, and he's been spectacular since. So I, yeah, that's interesting. I, I but I like Paul Maurice there. I do like that. Yeah, what, I, I, if I go to if I go to Boston, I see our man Jay Leach getting in there. Leachy. So what's he? Uh, Leachy's being an assistant in Seattle now. Assistant in Seattle. He was head coach down in Providence. Knows a lot of those players. Mm-hmm. Part of the system. Played yeah. there. Yeah. Lived in Beantown. He's paid Bright his dues, young, yeah. Bright young coach, good dude. We play with him. Uh, I know for a fact he's on there. He's in their group of top five in wow. terms of their candidates. So I could see Leachy going into Boston. The players will love playing for him. He's not going to be trying to flex on him, with, exactly like we were talking about. I would then say 
Detroit is an interesting one. I could see my man Paul Maurice in Detroit. A lot of you guys would know this, but he coached before the Plymouth Whalers became the Plymouth Whalers. They were the Detroit Junior Wings in my OHL days. And Paul Maurice and Jimmy Rutherford was the GM. Paul Maurice coached the Detroit Junior Wings there. Where that team is, young with some studs and some up-and-coming studs, his ability to relate to players. Uh, I could see Mo going to Motown. That's me, Ooh. right? Those are, and then some people are asking me about Chicago. I don't, I don't really know which way. I have no idea about Chicago. I I, really, and I haven't heard any rumors on anything with Chicago. I'm not hearing anything on them. I don't even know where their franchise is now, what's going on, who's who, what's what. Yeah. It just seems to be a lot of uh, – they they're having a very difficult time of having a clear vision of who they are, what they are, and what their plan is to get there. Put it that way. Yeah, they seem to be stuck in that limbo mode of do we want to go full rebuild? Do we want to try and I, – I, and I, I hesitate to even say like pry the window back open with, with Taves and Kane, but that's essentially what they'd be trying to do if they did anything other than tear it down. And, and right, identity yes. too. Like are, are you – there's people there that are saying, hey, no, we're different. We're progressive. We're, we're new age. We're going to be cutting edge. And then obviously we saw what happened in the town mm -hmm. hall meeting – which yeah. showed you the exact opposite of that. So that's what I mean. An identity, they're, they're in an identity crisis right now in terms of clearly redefining who they want to be, what they want to be, and what their plan looks like to get there. Um, I got to ask you guys, because I'm an outsider in this sense, just looking at it, but like when I look at Pete DeBoer, I kind of see trouble almost. It seems like uh, I don't want to say controversy because that's too strong a word, but it feels like there's always just something off in in the teams when DeBoer is running the show. And, and he's always had success. He's had a lot of playoff success. He's been to the finals multiple times now, but he hasn't won. And there always seems to be some type of gripe or grief following the team around. Um, is he really... Is he really a coach in that high demand that people are going to be looking for? Because he seems to keep finding jobs. I'm just, I'm just curious by that whole situation. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'll just, I'll say this, and then you can give your opinion, Weeksy. I, uh, I, I think Pete's a very good coach. Um, his track record, I think, kind of speaks for itself. But if you look at his track record, I think there's a lot to take from it too. That usually he kind of has that nickname, Three Year Pete. Like, it's three-year Pete for a reason. Uh, you know, I, I think that every player I've ever talked to loves playing for him. They love playing for him. The veteran players, the veteran players mm. love playing for him. But then it gets to the point where, again, like, that's all part of coaching. Coaching is, is it, is it schemes? Is it, yeah, that has something to do with it. It's knowing and trying to establish who you are and what you do. But, I mean, dude, it's it's relational like you know and like to be honest like and i think it's gotten way better um in in more recent years but like there's a lot there has been a lot in the past of very socially inept coaches like you can't have a conversation with some of them like yeah. they, they don't know how to socialize they don't they know hockey they know hockey very well but the game's changed like you got to be able to like communicate right and um, I'm not saying Pete is not is not a communicator. I'm just saying that like it's it's always evolving, and you got to squeeze your group. I think it Pete it was guys love playing for him that I've spoken to, but then eventually 
it's like all of a sudden there's a page that turns and then everything turns and then it's like it's 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 run its course to go back what off what we were saying earlier he's kind of got that reputation of three-year pete in three years he does he can do some extravagant things but usually after that there's tends to be something weird like you're saying nick that happens where then there's players unhappy and um, you know, that, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem to work after that. Good points there. I, I would echo that. And I would say, you know, I've known Pete a long time, always organized, work exceptionally hard to get where he's gotten. Uh, him and his man, Spotter, who I know from back home, Steve Spot, who's always his lead assistant. Spotter. Yeah, they've had success everywhere, right? They had success. We know that. Plymouth, Kitchener, of course, won the mem. Then, uh, NHL, they've done really well in different clubs that they've been on. I think the biggest thing now, and this kind of goes part and parcel with what I was saying before, and and Rupp, I'm going to echo what Rupper says. It's like, at the end of the day now, for Pete or any other coach, when you come into the building, everybody, like it is for my man Rod Brindamore in Carolina and a few other coaches, everybody has to be juiced, like I said, to see you, and they got to respect you but they have to want to go to battle with you because they know you're in the battle and you have them on side. Every equipment, medical trainer, every dressing room attendant, every everyone in the organization, but certainly everybody that's in and around that dressing room on a day-to-day basis, they have to have that. And more importantly, the players, dog, like the players have to feel that. That's so important. Like once it starts, you start getting these rubs and it rubs this player, it rubs that player. It's a different thing, and it's it's an imperfect science. And again, that's why I said this isn't only limited to Pete; it's any coach. But players are younger than ever before. Mm-hmm. Like guys, I'm yesterday. I'm at the Rangers. You know, Rupp, I know you've done some of our Ranger alumni stuff here in the playoffs too, and you've seen a lot of the same guys. I'm sitting with Mike Richter, the great Mike Richter, Stefan Mateau, um, Jeff Bukaboom. Yo, these guys are almost sixty. Bukaboom. And I play, I, me played with guys that are 60 and over 60 and I'm 47. So my point is the league was older when I came to league. It's young now, right? A player that's BU one year, NHL the next year, Jack Eichel, for example, you know what I mean? A guy's playing at world juniors, Charlie McAvoy comes in after that playoffs, Providence, NHL, big time right away. So you need to be able to relate to today's players and your staff. That's something that any coach, for throw the X's and O's out of the window, you've got to be able to relate with your people, man. And that's that's what I'm looking to as this continues to go forward. Well, I mean, you make a good point. We see, look at the coaches that are left now. You've got Bednar, you've got Gallant, and and Cooper. I mean, these aren't exactly dinosaurs. Like they're 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 a little bit on the younger side, not exactly young, but I mean, they're guys who've been primarily with their franchises. Gallant, I know, moved around a little bit, but like mm-hmm. it. it it makes sense. And if you can't find a way to uh, translate things and teach things and kind of associate and have a relationship with your players, as you were saying, Rupper, uh, that kind of gets snuffed out quick. And I feel like your time, as you mentioned with three year Pete and, and it seems like a similar maybe situation with Bruce Cassidy where uh, things go South quick. Um, we say one more name to throw at you here. Yeah. And it's kind of a Homer question, but I've heard, so I've heard a just subtle, Subtle little hints of of Todd Reardon in Pittsburgh. Uh, he came back and as an assistant yep. with Pittsburgh. I was wondering if there were any sniffs around uh, Todd getting another gig for uh, for another run as a head coach. 
That's a good question. I haven't heard any around Todd and any of my conversations. They know okay, that good. he's good. highly respected there in Pittsburgh, who Rupper knows. Rupper has been big on this Reardon train for a while uh, in terms of what he's done with Chris Letang. Oh, yeah. yeah. He did again with Letang. I'm going to kind of paraphrase Rupper, and I've said this on the air. He's like the Letang whisperer. Letang's 37. He just had his career high in points again under Reardon being back there in Pitt. I definitely think Reardon could be an NHL head coach again. I just haven't heard his name. And reason being Rupper's point is there's just a glut of coaches in the market right now. Yeah. Right? There's a glut of head coaches in the market right now. We haven't even mentioned Cole Julian or – Yeah. 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 Isn't that crazy though, man? Like when you start thinking about some of the guys that are not going to be – I mean – is Cassidy right back in the mix? That that's the point. And also, right? like, that's, <laughs> that's a great. That's a he'll great go point, send him. To, he'll go oh, to Vegas. Hey. I could see him in Vegas. That's what about how what pissed about, are you? Uh, how pissed are you with this though? Like, if you're this co- in this coaching market, you're Torts or you're, you know, who are some of these guys? Like, you can look at some of the guys. Reese. You got Blashill that's back in. Blash. You've got. I mean, you can go back to Mike Babcock still in. So you've Quentel? got this. You've got this no, that's list. That's what I was going to bring up. Who'd who you say? Quenville. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. In, in in terms of available. Yes. Yeah. So you, oh, you want this, in Dallas? You got this. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I do. Now, Keep you your know. fucking Pete DeBoer out of here. You got. You got this list. I do. You got this list, and then and then those stats that you're mentioning there, Nick, like with with Bruce Cassidy, like. All of a sudden, this fucking guy hits the market. If you're yeah. one of these coaches, like son of a bitch, like why? Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I know there's one spot that's open now, another spot that's open. I should say, but like, dude, this is as deep as it gets. And that's not even touching on the very bright minds in the American Hockey League, yeah. or or the the players or the you know the coaches that are coming up. Like it's it's nuts, man. How deep it is right now. It is deep. You're right. I, there's so many. There's like a glut of available coaches in the marketplace. You guys just kind of mentioned Jeff Blashill. We didn't even get him in. There's tons of guys. You have in between guys like my guy, John Torchetti, who's been ahead, who's been an interim, who's been an assistant. There's a lot of guys. There's young up-and-comers, Rupper. Like, yeah. maybe Mark Savard, pardon me, based on what Savvy did in Windsor, I know it's only this year for him there. Burp Reynolds. Huh? Burp Reynolds right there, dude. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, so dinner. Yo, so dinner. Yo, Ruffers cracking drinks bro. over there. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just made a sausage and truffle and ground beef lasagna. So I had to try to. Hey, I just had to try to bust the burp, bro. Fucking game. Hey, you still do? You still do the eats with weeks things or no? Yeah. This guy, hey, dude, guys, this guy is a foodie. And we talked about it, I think, on here before. When we were in Vegas for the Stanley Cup Finals, <laughs> did you know that guy at the steakhouse prior or did you just meet him Never out there? Never knew him prior to. Okay. So you can – if you want to divulge that or whatever. But we got out there and he's like, I got a spot. I'll let you know. It was like, whatever. Say it was Jameson Coyle and I. But I got a spot. We're going to go out to my spot. Okay. Go out to the spot. And you did this in Tampa too. And I remember back in the 15 finals, yep. we're in Tampa. And uh, which, what is it? I know this. Burns. It, man. Burns. Uh, nice well, there's spot. Burns. Yeah, Burns. And there's that place over in like the, 
uh, what's that? It, like that little area right down there is like a Hooters and stuff right there too. Like that right. little, remember that steakhouse oh, that was up talking. in that area too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyways, anyways, so weeks you find, I know Burns Steakhouse. <laughs> this guy, dude, guys, this guy would go in Vegas. He'd go to, and in his, in, in Carl, his dad is just legendary status. Carl would come on the trip and Carl would just come up and he'd be like, where are we eating tonight, boys? <laughs> where are we eating tonight? And, and Free scholarship. Weeksy would go to this steakhouse for like lunch and dinner every day for the entire Stanley Cup finals. I'm like, how are you like it's incredible what this guy does. Like his eating, you're a absolute foodie. Absolute foodie. What's that? That's the lasagna she made tonight. Oh, oh wow. my god. It was so, fire. What so was you just caught me? You just caught me on that little burp. So <laughs> <laughs> slow. She's like at 748. Aren't you on with Rupper and the boys at eight o'clock? I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> so totally. Good. Totally. So good, man. No, you gotta eat like you're in the national, man. You gotta eat well, you know. <laughs> you gotta eat like you're in the national. I love my food though. I'm a foodie all day. Totally. Totally, Ruppy. Absolutely no. love that. Uh yeah. it, it, we just did a lot of off-season yeah. and coaching chatter. Let's talk about some action on the ice. Okay. Uh we mentioned at the top of the show, Colorado with the sweep in consecutive rounds and with a backup goalie week. See, I feel like no one is talking about Pavel Fransos and what he did uh, coming in cold in, what was that, game one, I believe, and essentially just you know holding it down for Colorado. He never really seemed to struggle. He never really seemed like he was out of his element. It never seemed like things got over his head. He's playing against... McDavid and Dreisaitl yeah. and and Kane before the suspension, obviously. But I mean, the Oilers were coming and they and they had speed and they were lighting it up there for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, uh, Colorado's playing on the backup goalie, and it seemed like no problem. Nobody's even worried. Nobody's talking about it. He just and he just went in there and did the job. A little but, side little side note: We see you might know better. Uh, you're always dialed in with the goaltenders. He didn't play for like f- like 15 months, didn't he? Like it was it. Double hip surgery. Oh, double hip surgery. And he had, wasn't it like some of his ankle or his foot too? Or like, what was it? Do you know what his injuries were? I don't know the foot one, but I do know the double hip surgery one. He had the same stuff as Varlamov. And And he came back. You know what I mean, though? Like, this guy, a lot of people could have thought he could have thought his career was over. And he he did put the work in, man. And this is like, I, I love what he did. And, and does that mean that there's a goalie controversy for the finals? No, there's not. Darcy Kemper's your guy. And he backed up in game four. So I'm assuming if you're backing up, you're good to go. So he should start game one. But yeah, talk about Pablo Francois. Like he's been, he was awesome in that series. He was really nice. I, I like Francois. I've liked him the last few years because number one, he's a southpaw and he moves well. And he kind of reminds me listen, not at the same peak level as a Jose Theodore but he moves in some ways that are reminiscent to me of Jose, who was an awesome goalie since junior and had a really good NHL career, league MVP, you name it. Played a long, long time. Not the biggest guy, but southpaw, super skilled. Francois has some of that Jose Theodore in him. Now, stylistically, again, the way he moves, the fact he's a southpaw, his size, there are a lot of similarities there. But I got to tell you, the man who gets no love there is UC Parkalot, their goalie coach out of Finland, Okay. UC's done a nice job there, man. He really has. You look at what he did with, with Grubauer there and yeah. Grubauer becoming a one, taking Grubauer's game to the next level. 
Darcy Kemper coming in, who was an all-star in Arizona. He couldn't play in the game because he was injured, but he became an all-star in Arizona. Rupper, you played with, with Kemper and Minnie. Took his game to the next level. And also being able to identify Francois out of the Czech, Czech League and him coming out of Czech Republic and coming over to National Hockey League, let alone after now double hip surgery, their goalie coach deserves a lot of love. I like what Francois has done. I think he's been real nice. He's played very well for them right now. We see, I'm glad you mentioned the goalie coach. Can you talk a little bit more about how important a goalie coach is? Because I I feel like I witnessed it firsthand in Pittsburgh. I watched what Mike Bales did with Marc-Andre Fleury and, and Matt Murray to an extent. And then for some reason, I, I believe it was the reasoning was that Bales was Fleury's guy for a little bit. And then when Matt Murray took over the starters net and became the guy for Pittsburgh, Bales was let go and they moved on and they went a different direction. But I always felt like he did such a tremendous job in Pittsburgh and I was kind of shocked they let him go. Um, I, I feel like goalie coach is one of those things that you don't really hear talked about or explained like what they actually do or how they help in, in certain situations. Billions. Billions. That's how they help. <laughs> Billions. <laughs> Yo, I'm not even talking like tens of millions. I'm talking hundreds of millions in playoff revenue. Yeah. Especially over time. I got to give Aaron Voros credit. Aaron Voros told me, and he said this to Henrik Lundqvist's face at dinner. He goes, Hanky, you know how they did the go? You know how they do the renovation at the garden for a billion dollars? It's all you, bro. It's all you doing <laughs> in the net. Billion dollar renovation at the garden, paid for in five years. It wasn't because the Knicks were in the playoffs. It's because the Rangers went on all those runs, and the stud on the team, among several, was their goalie, Henrik Lundqvist. And you look no further now to what Benoit Allaire did with Hank. You look what he did with Cam Talbot. You look what he did with other guys to now transition from to Georgiev to now Shishjurkin. Bro, the Rangers are – what are we talking? North of – in and around 10 mil, schmil per home game right now in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. So for every franchise, if you want to ask me – the performance, I can get in all the performance stuff and how it's so important to have a good goalie coach, but I'm just even talking bottom line dollars and team success. If you've got a great goalie coach that can get you an A starter, even an A minus starter, a really good two that can play like a one, somebody as a three and a stud prospect coming up the pipeline, your franchise valuation goes from wherever it is to the completely de- next level for sure. Yeah, I mean, look at look at even uh, what was the goalie factor it was Anaheim for a while. Yeah, An- Anaheim had like you would know uh, who were some Michael of them. Sutsy there, goalie coach. Yeah, so Anaheim had who were they back then? I'm going blank. Uh, Talk about Jaguar. You had a lot. You had Jaguar. You had Freddie Anderson. You had Jaguar. You had Freddie Anderson. You had Marty uh, Gerber. Who's the one with the gold? Uh, I like Jonas Hiller. Jonas Hiller. Jonas Hiller was nice. So once you start, once you start pumping these goaltenders, and you get, you get it going. The goalie factory. Think about from this degree of like, we saw, we said the same thing with Nashville. That was the D factory. Nashville had Ryan Suter, uh, Shea Weber, Kimo Timonen. You know you. Seth Jones, uh, you can go. Uh, you can go Yossi, yeah, Yossi Ekholm, yeah, uh, 
Ellis, you, now too? You, you can you can go on and on. And these guys, Ryan Ellis, when you, when you have so many, you can like the goaltending and defensemen are the biggest asset in the league. You can go across every team that just got eliminated from the playoffs. What does Edmonton need? A goaltender and a defenseman. Exactly. You know, you can go to everybody. Everybody needs it. So you could sit there. You, the, the the trade value for a prospect goaltender, like a stud goaltender or a stud defenseman, it there's no there's no fair exchange rate. Like you're never gonna. You can go forward for forward. Forwards are a little indispensable. Like right. as far as I mean, unless you're gonna get like Connor. Leon, Sid, you know, sure. that, that's different, right? But when yeah. you're talking about forwards, like there's there's a big pool. When you're pumping out goaltenders like Anaheim was, now you can sit here, trade these guys, you can get a haul back. Like think of some of the teams out there, like a goaltender now, <clears throat> that's why I was kind of shocked the Rangers didn't trade Gordiev because right. he was, a, he was, what is he now? He's U- He's going to be UFA, right? Yeah, I think I think he has one year left. Does one he have one year? Okay, left. so so some of these teams like no, yeah, there's okay. there's teams there's teams right now that are like like Edmonton needs a goalie, but what's Bad. the market like? What are you gonna do? They can't spend like so. My point is, if you could trade for an uh, a young goaltender who hasn't made his money yet, but just you know it's gonna be a stud. That's what Edmonton needs. But those guys don't fall off trees, man. You're gonna have to go out and you're gonna have to pay and then. You you you're already cap strapped um, strapped for the salary cap. Like it's it's tough, man. But yeah, I loved I loved Anaheim being that goalie factor. I thought it was incredible. And there's there's a couple other teams that are pumping out goalies like that. To your point, Rupper. Sorry, he's restricted. He's an RFA, right? Your give is okay. So at season's end. But you're right. Like if you can pump those guys, like it's pretty it's pretty crazy, right? And this is kind of I used to say this to people. What do you mean? What do you say? What do you mean? Like, bro, man, like, <laughs> facts are facts, bro. Like, what well, it doesn't, honest to goodness, if you, you think, hey, it's Weeksy. true. Ma, I, I got it now that you said it. Weeksy, uh, you've been, you've been biting back lately on social. Yes. You, you, <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. You've been biting. You've been biting back. What's going on? Listen, I. They're getting to the last tasty nowadays. The last last two days. I I saw a diatribe. I think it was yesterday. It was a full. It was a full couple paragraphs. By Weezy, chill out. Be cool. Like two days ago, I was like, I got to put this thing down because I can't deal. I can't. I was starting to go down, and I think everybody has done that on social at some point. Like I like it social, and I I don't take things seriously. Like, you can say whatever you want to me or whatever, but like some of the things that you hear and say, it's like it's like oh my gosh, like how is this like how is this a thing? Like I put I put a thing out I put a thing out the other I put a thing out the other day. All I was commenting. Listen, you want to talk about the Edmonton Oilers? I don't think this team is close to winning a cup at all. Do they have a couple pieces that have really given them a chance to go on a run like this? 100%. But I also wanted to state I'm going to miss seeing those guys in the playoffs because the pace they were going on was something we haven't seen. Awesome. You know, the best playoff performance I've seen in my human life with these human eyes was 2009 Evgeny Malkin. And I said it wrong. I typed it wrong. I was on air when I did that tweet. He had 36 points in 24 games in 2009. The single most dominant 
offensive performance I've ever seen in the playoffs. I played against him. You played against him. We see probably tucked a couple in on you. But yeah. like, so the point Thank being you. here is like the point being here. All I'm trying to state is, man, let's just give a nod, no matter what fan base you are, to what Leon and Connor did because they were assaulting the record books in these playoffs. All I get. Let me know when they win the cup. Let me know when they win this. They don't play defense. I'm like, holy shit, people. Can we just please, can we just please like give somebody like I'm they're dead. They're out. Can we just say, hey, that was kind of cool to watch. Like we were watching a little bit of history there. No one could do that. Why can't we do that? I don't get it. We talked about this today on Pat show. And I can't understand it. When players reach a certain level where they are great where they are elite, where they are really super talented, where they're the best of the best, it no longer becomes let's admire and let's no, talk about it's how what do they do players wrong. are. It's where do they stack up in the greatest of all time conversation? How many championships have they won? What is their playoff record like? It becomes uh, let's, let's pick apart every little thing that we yeah. can instead of acknowledging the incredible feats that they're doing. Like, yeah. like I'm a Penguins fan. I saw the championships. I and Sidney Crosby, I still think, is the best player in the league. But I can acknowledge that what Connor McDavid is doing is absolutely fucking insane and deserves yeah. all the praise in the world. Yeah, I think he should be on Sports Center every night. But by you saying that, by you saying that, you're not saying he's an all-rounded, well-rounded, selkie no. winning hard trick. No, you're just saying the dude is—he's a freak. You know what I mean? Take Drysaitel and McDavid off that team and tell me what the fuck you got. That's an American Hockey League team. Exactly. Hold on, I I do love Darnell Nurse. Not wrong. I do love Darnell yeah, they Nurse. Got, they got some good players. They got some good players. They got some good players. But like, so that that's my thing. Is like, I find I know that I'm not trying to get you all riled up here, Weeksy. I know no, I find not. that this playoffs, I've never seen so many fan bases like whining about jesus i the penguins fan base wanted to disown me for things i said in that series against the well Rangers. you were out of line you said some yeah. things that were out of line but then but hold on salt, but then salted since, them a little bit but since then if since then i'm just i'm saying what i see right i might you don't have to agree with me i don't care i'm not gonna get my feelings hurt but then i say something about the rangers now all of a sudden the rangers are like Fuck that guy. What's this guy talking? Like now all of a sudden I'm bullshit to them too. It's like, and then oh keep you know, keep the league rhetoric. You you want this team to win. Like, what? That's no idiot. man. I told you what I saw. I might be dead wrong. All right, but I'm telling you what I saw. Like people I don't understand. So I saw you getting fired up. I was yeah. getting heated. I'm like, I gotta put my phone down. I can't deal with these idiots anymore. It's not not everybody. Yeah. Everyone, I love this. I love what we yeah. do and this the stuff that we're doing. Yeah. And there's more, there's more good than bad, but some of the bad, man, like just take a time out and just kind of take a breath. I don't know. No, I couldn't agree more. I think you guys all made great points on that. When it's all said and done, I've, I've always loved fans since I was a kid. Like, but the difference is, is I was a fan, right? I'll always be a fan of the game, but in being a fan, I couldn't go to the rink and act out. Like I was a dude where whatever the guys that were peewee that were older than me and I was playing at them. I want to stay and watch them play. So I want to stay and watch Mike Ricci, Eric Lindros and all these guys play. Right. And I was a rink rat. So dad, we can't leave yet. Let's stay and watch these guys. Let's watch them. I want to see this goalie. I want to watch that goalie. 
Never in my wildest dreams ever would it ever occur to me or any of my teammates to wild out and act a fool and be like yelling at players and swearing at players and doing all this foolishness. I knew that at eight that I couldn't do that. That's, by the way, in our Carl, – Carl, Carl would beat your ass. Oh, that's why. Oh, I would get so jacked up. And then get home, and then he told my mom, and I'd get re-jacked up. So, like, it, that wasn't even, like, a thought. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. And then, you know, the two Leaf games that we go to a year, there was no me yelling at play. Bro, I was happy to be in the gardens, see those goalies, visualize myself playing there, smell the caramel corn, get a little sponge puck in a mini stick. I felt I was in heaven going to Maple Leaf Gardens with my dad back in the day. It, I, that, that frame of behavior wasn't even a thought. Yeah. Well, I look at that as a fan. You know, obviously, as a young player, you play elite level and then growing up and playing in the league and stuff. But there's just a code of conduct and a code of behavior, not only in venue, which is really important. And I feel like a lot of the venues need to do a better job. I'm in the garden a couple of weeks ago, game six, game seven against the Penguins. There's a gentleman and his daughter behind us yelling at at um, Malkin, who you're just talking about. You effing terrorist, you effing this, you effing whatever, you're effing terrorist. What? I turned around and looked at the security lady. And we turned around and looked at her. She's awesome. Ranger security. She then garden security, blah, blah, blah. Out. Out of the building. Like, come on, man. Like, you have to conduct yourself. These are people's place of work. Yes, yeah. you're your place of entertainment as a fan. And yes, you're there to support your team. But do that in a way that's that's dignified and classy and not trashy. And the same thing online. I find the same thing online because here's the problem. See this right here? This has created some kind of delusional stuff where I want Kenny Chesney. I put on Kenny Chesney. I want Jason Aldean. I put on Jason Aldean. I want to go to Nike online. I got the new Jordan fragments, whatever. Like at the end of the day, sports is gratification. Yeah. And sports isn't like that. The only yeah. way you're going to develop a backhand is by to work at it. Yeah. garage, 500 backhanders a day. Do you know what I'm saying? The only way you're going to learn how to do crossovers or you get the key to the arena or you get you the go key to the arena. and you go in after hours like Yogg's did. Like Yogg's. And we'll give him some credit here on six, eight. Right. Uh, we'll give Yogg's some credit, right? Yes. Yogg's going in there after yes. hours, <laughs> putting the this work in. Finally. This you is what's on, man. Droppers. You know what I'm saying? So, and also, too, <laughs> and, and here's my other thing, too. I know all the shit that I don't know. Bro. We got Reynolds done. I'm not doing anything. I got the vision. I got the, the flavor. We would, but to get up here and put masks up, those things would still be over there on the counter. I wouldn't have the. I can't put those up. I know what I don't know. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like there's a lot of people that are over flexing how much they know, what they feel, what they think. Just enjoy the game, man. Just chill enjoy out. The, enjoy the performance. This is entertainment. Cool. What are we be doing? Cool. You're not on the team. That's yeah. why I let people know. I love you. But you're yeah. not on the squad. When I'm talking to the owner, the coach, the GM, the whoever else, and they're not telling me that, and you're saying that, you kind of got to figure where you kind of wind in the equation there. There is there is a massive self awareness problem uh, in society today, and we could go on about this and, and go through so many different wormholes. Um, it's just, it's the the social media world allows you access that we've never had before. We didn't have this like I didn't have this growing up, and I know you guys are older than me, but like same thing. We see like when I went to a game, 
and the team didn't play well, I was bummed for the team. Now, in this world we live in, I feel like a lot of people go to a game and the team doesn't play well. They're bummed for themselves. Correct. And they're like, oh, I'm going to hear about this on social media. I'm going to That's hear, a good point. That's a good point. Well, I'm going to that. hear yeah. how bad my favorite team played. I'm going to hear how bad my favorite player played. Now I have to lash out at you for talking ill of my favorite player, for talking ill of my favorite team. Um, it's and, foolish. Yeah, it's just, it's it's like it's little kid stuff. It's it's whatever. And I, I get into this all the time, and, and I, I tell Rupper all the time, like I get into this with the referee situation. Like people always want to blame the refs and go with the refs, Whoa. and the refs are bad. And I'm like, the refs are what they are. Everyone knows that going into, they're not favoring your team. They're not yeah. against your team. Maybe, maybe once in a while they have a history with a player where something comes into play, but like that is so rare and so yeah. far and few in between that it, it a lot of times it's your it's your team or your teammates putting themselves in that situation. Uh, you know, it's it, the referees are human; they're going to make mistakes. Just so many right. things. Um, and I'm, I'm going on a tangent here, but now that I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about the refs, it reminds me that a night of Coho uh, on TNT <laughs> dropping the holy shit on live TV. But that's what you want to see. Pick. You want to see just people exactly. reacting naturally, man. Exactly. Holy shit, it's a goal. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How awesome was that? We see. I know you're an ESPN guy, but I know you had to have seen that. Of I course. know you had to have seen that. that. We see everything. I see everything almost. Coho's a guy like Coho. I feel like Coho is a guy that could be at any neighborhood bar in any neighborhood watching watching the games now that he's not refing. Like that's See, that's but people need to know that. Pe- yeah, that somehow needs Coho. to be translated to the viewing audience because Coho's in the Nimo BC watching games. Like Nimo. He's in Fort Mac, like watching. Like that's that's him. He's just like a typical, he's in Michigan, like he's a typical in that sense, I guess, fan who had an amazing long career as an official. So it's just like you're relating with, with somebody at the bar just watching a game. See, that's so that what people that's need. Reaction. They need to know that these officials are people and human yeah. beings that that can process information the same way people watching at home can because I don't think they get that. And I think if you make these people more relit because they get brought on, oh, here's our rules analyst, Don Poharski. Yeah. He's been an NHL official for 20-plus yeah. years. Yeah. And, yeah. and I get it. You have to be professional and you have to kind of sure let them know that Coho knows what he's talking about. But at the same time, if you can kind of present it like you just did as – Oh, he's a Michigan guy. Like he loves hockey. He can talk. He can yeah. talk hockey over a beer with you. I think that goes a lot longer way nowadays than it did before in terms of saying like, oh, okay, I should listen to what this guy's saying because he knows what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> yep, totally, totally, man. And I love that. I love that the other night. But it's like you almost got to be like, hey, this dude's been a ref for X amount of years. He's seen some shit. Here he's yes. gonna he's he's coming on board and he's gonna tell us some stuff. Like just fucking keep it, you know what I mean? Keep like he's real. adding to it. It's entertainment. Keep it real. And and here's the thing: this kind of goes back to what we were talking about prior to this. It's like if you get a bunch of people in the business, players, coaches, people in the business, whatever that mix is, and you get a bunch of us 
at an airport and we're at a restaurant in whatever airport in between flights and we're watching games. This is how we're talking. Like we're not dissimilar. It's just the fact that we've got the experience and the expertise and the skill, but we're not dissimilar in that sense. We're having a lot of the same conversations. We just know, you know, we just do it in certain circles and, and we know that we do it in a certain way. But I think one thing that's important, as I always say, it's just knowing what you don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like that's the challenge. There's so much access to information. I think you guys, Rupper, you know this. I've got a ton of respect for people that are in the military and the armed forces, both retired, active. I love it. I've been to all these places, whatever, Fort this, Fort that, McDill Air Force Base. Like I've been to all these different places. It's been a privilege to go to them. I never walk in there. Yo, dog, what kind of gas are you guys using in the F-22? I don't know what you guys are using in there. You better change the gas up. Hey, <laughs> how, hey how do you have the 50 cal, the, the cannons? How do they set the- <laughs> <laughs> that's their domain it's their expertise you get what i mean like again you got to come back to knowing what you don't know and that's kind of where it starts to get from gray to a little bit too black and white with with a lot of people reflecting what they don't know just be chill and, and love the game hey. and have fun well let me let me ask you this and uh we'll, we'll let you go and if these guys got any more questions let's uh talk about what we don't know and I think yeah. a lot of us are on the same page with this. Yeah. I don't know where these this Eastern Conference Finals is going, dude. Like, I don't know what's happening. Like, game, the first two games, <sighs> Rangers looked unstoppable, man. Yeah. And then I think it just uh, – Tampa needed a little bit of time. In the last two games, it's been pretty much all Tampa. So mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you see in here? And what do you think the mindset is in New York? Like, it's, it's a tough – Mental grind to be up to go on the road and then come back tied to. It feels like everything you've accomplished is wiped away. And now you're sitting there like, holy shit, what's happening right now? And uh, how do you see this thing playing out? I'm curious to see what that looks like because I agree with you in the sense that they had this. They were pocket aces. The Rangers were. And to Tampa's credit – they couldn't get them down. The Rangers couldn't pin them down. They couldn't pin it. They had them. They they almost had them three love. They had them. And Tampa squiggled out of the three count like WWE, got up like the Undertaker, came back. And you're right. <laughs> exactly. And next thing you know, now we've got a tie series. So they just got choke slammed two fucking games in a row. Exactly. Totally. So I'm looking to see tomorrow start like. If I'm I'm gonna speak from a Ranger standpoint, they're so good at home. They're great at home. Whatever espressos you have before the game, have two of them. Right? Like whatever Red Bull mix you got going on, have one and a half. Rangers should come out peppering tomorrow on home ice because they're still a young team. That's I think the advantage for Tampa. They're never uncomfortable in any situation having one. Uh, repeat cups and some guys this group having been to three physically playing in three going back to 2015 one so I think all things being equal it's all about the start for the Rangers but I said this from the beginning I think it goes seven and I'll say now I, I see the Rangers winning in seven and if Tampa comes out of it big up to Tampa because they're going for the three-peat no salt no shade I played for both teams they're the standard they've won mm-hmm. repeat cups Either way, but I see the Rangers 
if they come and play their game tomorrow, I say they win. And I think if it gets a seven with that game seven being on home ice, that certainly to me favors the Rangers. What, what is what if what Gums? if no, no what if grooming up his beard? Yeah, I know. One <laughs> second. If, you know, you know what I I know where Gump's gonna I know where Gump's gonna go. I, I want to jump think. in before he goes. Yeah. What what if there's no what if there's no Heedle, no Strom? They got a chance so, still? That's a different ball game. Again, in Barkley Goodrow, we just did a tape on it. You know Dano, the polar bear. Of Dano course. was hey, don't you like <laughs> Dano, uh, Dano, <laughs> ice pack, bro, ice pack, ice pack, yes, fucking key sweat, ice uh, pack. So he was at top of the line too. You see the life brand on there, Gumps? Uh, top, yeah, of top of the line, huh? They get that in the Nymo BC too, pal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Go ahead, that, bro. go ahead. No, bro. what I was gonna say is, uh, Goodrose, he's hurting, dude. He's yeah. hurting. Those are three important guys. And I don't know, dude. I don't know. I don't like their chances that those guys, if they're losing one, two, three, that's going to hurt them. Yeah, I know. Well, hopefully, we root for all the safe and health and safety, rather, of all the players. Hopefully, as many guys can play as possible. I still think it goes seven. Yeah. That's just my thought. But you're right. Those are key, key misses for the Rangers. That kid line's been nice. Very nice. Yeah, they've been very nice. The kid line's been that's nice. And Heedle's. Heedle's been real nice. Really good. Really good. Gumpy's been pretty fired up the last two games. Gumpy, what do you Take got? Take it, Gumps. Yeah, Bolts and Six. They're rolling, man. <laughs> I think they say I think I think they took the Rangers' best shot and now yeah. they are cooking. That last yeah. game, I don't know. I just I've been on the Bolts all year. If they if think about it, if they win this and then they beat Colorado, like they are in the talk of the greatest team of all time. I agree. No Because I, I will say they are this. right there. I will say this, and you're going to have a lot of people that might not um, feel the same, uh, probably more in the Long Island region. Uh, this, this, I know it's not four cups in a row like the Islanders. Yep. It's a di- different time, more yep. teams, salary cap. You got to take that into account. I'm not saying they're better. I still think the New York Islanders are the best team of all time. And then you're going to have people up in Quebec and Montreal saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. There were six teams. Okay. You got to take that into account. And there's an argument. They're just, they were right there too. You're talking some of the Montreal teams, New York Islanders, uh, the 80s Oilers. Um, you know, I mean, 90s fans. <laughs> you, I mean, you could say, you could say, I mean, you could say there's, then there's, there's those teams. And then there's the next level of like, Hey, during the stretches of these times, I mean, you, you could say from, yeah, from 9 to 17, Penguins Pang, got three cups. You could say from uh, 10 till 15, Chicago got three cups. Mm-hmm, you could yeah. say from 95 to 03, the Devils got three cups. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of teams like that. Stars got one. Yeah. Yes, but I uh, I agree with yeah. you, Gumpy. Like, <laughs> if, if Tampa wins. I just want to see If Tampa it, man, wins this year. If they win this year, they are considered one of the top teams ever. It gotta be. You, yeah, no question. You just you're not gonna see this in this day and age of sports. A three peak no. does not happen, dude. This is so fucking insane. And yeah. to beat Colorado to do yeah. it if they knock off the Rangers, I think would be so awesome. Colorado just swept two teams. Okay, we yeah. their backup add on, goalie. To add on to that week, I want Hall of Famers for Tampa too, maybe five. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. But to add on to that real quick before let you get out of here, Weeksy, I want to know Maybe who do you think 
matches up better against Colorado, Tampa or the Rangers? Because I kind of lean towards the Rangers in, in terms of a more entertaining, more speed. Um, I think I think they would provide a better matchup for Colorado. For Colorado's sake, or do you just mean for hockey fans? No, for 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 a chance to win in terms of well, for a I chance think- to win, I'd say the Rangers are a better matchup for Colorado. Yeah, there, there's more inexperience, there's more youth on the Rangers, and so much of it is played so well. Really, to me, starting with Keandre Miller, who's with Jacob Trub. I said it. That's an awesome old school pairing. Trub has been Brent Seabrook esque so far this postseason. Real old, old school. Real old school, <laughs> right? Exactly, exactly. But no, but but it, to his to his to his credit though, no. <laughs> but to his credit, he's been he's been nice. He's stronger esque. Keandre Miller, Ryan nah, Lindgren, but, but then the kid <laughs> lines. They've played. Shishurkin's still a young goalie. Yeah. All things being equal, there's a lot of youth on that Ranger team. I certainly think if it's Tampa to Gump's point, that's one two that has the playbook and the recipe book and what it takes to win on the brink of going for three, should they get in to play against Colorado? That's a much tougher matchup from that standpoint for Colorado. So I think it's, I think it's more favorable if you're Colorado to play the Rangers and that's not a slight on the Rangers because what they're doing is amazing, but just based on know-how of what it takes to win and having one and having the recipe, Tampa's got the playbook, man. That counts for a lot. And if they get point back, too. And he skated the last five days. Last six days, he's been skating. So that's... (laughs) What a boost that could be. Hey, talking about... (laughs) That's nitrous. I can't do it. Did you guys see... You mentioned mentioned The Undertaker. uh, We mentioned The Undertaker earlier. Did you see Victor Hedman's walk-in interviews the other last couple days? What he was wearing? No, 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 I didn't see the oh, fuck. It's in my phone right here. I can't yeah. show you because I'm on the phone. Yeah, yeah, he's literally. He looks like the Undertaker. He's got the hat. He's got the suit. Yeah. He's got the pinstripe black suit. Yeah, yeah. He's got the 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 shades tucked in the one pocket. <laughs> Comes like that for game three. Does an interview with our Billy Jaffe. Yeah. They win. Billy's doing. Uh, That's a bad- I, I was working the game the next day. Exact same outfit. (laughs) Again, Undertaker, the fucking dong, dong. He comes in and he's got the glasses tucked in the pocket again. So let's pay attention, Victor Hedman, going into game five, if he's rocking that at MSG. Because I'll send you – I got the picture in my phone. I'll show it to you. I'll send it to you guys and we can post it later. But he's the – it's the Undertaker, man. This guy is dialed in, ready to go. That's a big man too, man. He's like your size big. Like, that's a big, a, big super big man. What a yeah. career he's had! Right? Insane. It's Insane. unreal. But then here's the thing: like, oh, you got it. Oh, he's got the hat. Oh, oh, I'll, I'll give you. So I got it. Great job pulling that up. I, I got another one. I'll send you. That is so and sick. And I got the side by side we took in studio of game three, game four. Yeah. And uh, you can see the pinstripe and the glasses tucked. Exact hat. same outfit, exact same glasses tucked, same pocket superstitions. That is the guys fire. every time. The yeah. only thing that would make that a little more fire is if he had the shades on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Shades on. What I mean? That'd be fire. Yeah. No. That'd be fire. 
So, yeah, no, hey, guys, we, we, I think it's been – look, at, at the end of the day, this playoffs, it doesn't matter who your team is, who you're fans of. The playoffs, we always know Stanley Cup playoffs, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, and not to slag. We got buddies in other sports, all the other sports, but there's nothing. It's so unique. The NHL Stanley Cup playoffs are so unique, man. These players put on an amazing show. The intensity, the price that they pay to play games – the injuries they play through and then the skill and the speed and the physicality, the creativity, the guts, the jam. It's like nothing else, man. It's been yeah. so fun to watch so far. Really MVP, MVP entertainment wise. Thank oh. you, Mike Smith. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, man, I've never, that one, I, if I was an Oilers fan, I don't know how I'd sleep at night watching some of the shit that's going on. Bring how about him chucking? How about him chucking? Four year, bring him back. Too. He on that goal, he literally got thrown into the net and nobody cared. How did that goal count? He got shoved into the back. He totally of the net. did. He got, he got harpooned. <laughs> he got harpooned. He, he got shish kebab into the net, bro. Like he was on the it was grill. A snow shovel. It was yeah. Not even <laughs> totally was. Totally. <laughs> Yeah, that was weird that nothing happened. Nothing popped off after that. But they're in an interesting situation. I'm curious to see what they're going to do. I was on with Tim, Tim and friends on Sportsnet a little bit earlier. And I was telling him, I, you know, we'll see what happens with Evander Kane. If I'm Edmonton and I give Kenny Holland, and by the way, Connor McDavid, a lot of credit because he helped recruit him. If I'm them, there's no, I, I see some of their fans are like, uh, yeah, whatever. I'm like, yo. That's a different team with and without Evander Kane. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. And that's all due respect to the greatness of Connor and Leon. Don't get me wrong. He brings a different dimension to that club. And by the way, he opens up a lot of space. Connor opens up space for himself. But Evander Kane, the way he's playing right now, he's a problem for the opposition. Yeah, He's a problem for four check, for the, the D back there on the four check. But it's a it's got to be the right price. And that yes. goes for anybody. Because what made him work there was his on ice product no one's ever questioned what this right. guy could do there's no one like him. there's no, honestly there might not be another person like him in the league he's that right. dynamic and what he can do but what made it good for them is it was value because yeah. of the circumstances they got him for cheap and he overachieved so now if evander king gets market value yeah, you're you paying. You've got to. You've got to fight. That team has to find value because they have three players that are making close to thirty million dollars. You know what I mean? So it's like that's where it's tough. There, I think if, 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 if I'm if I'm market, I, if I'm of the better, if I'm of if I'm of the Evander Kane camp, and I've got that guy's ear, I'm saying do everything in your power to stay in Edmonton. Yeah, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I totally you agree. You need to stay in Edmonton. I totally agree with that. I was talking to his agent, Dan Milstein, today. Uh, we we're going back and forth. Clearly, listen, when Connor's co-signing for you, that's all you need to know. Mm -hmm. He's yeah. going to ownership and GM and saying, hey, we need him. And, hey, we yeah. need to keep him. To your point, if I'm him, I stay there. And maybe it's a three-year deal. I don't know. Maybe it's a four-year. It's a shorter term, to your point, just based on risk and stuff. But here's the yeah, other you might you might get a three year deal and score forty five goals each of the next three years. Percent, you know what I mean? Like you're gonna be playing with those guys. Totally. You just had fifteen goals. You just had fifteen goals, or what do you have? Thirteen and fourteen games. 
Yeah. Dude, stay there. Stay right there. Yes. And he and he was on almost a 50-goal pace over the regular season in a half season for him. Yeah. So I would stay there if I were him too. But here's my thing. If Edmonton starts rationalizing some of the other pieces, and I'm not trying to walk anybody out the door, they already had redundancy without him there. Yeah. He's a different part under the hood that they needed. You know what I'm saying? You had a lot of the same, some of the same things. One of those same, same things, then you, you know, if I'm them, I'd, I'd investigate moving on. But all this is moot next year without a number one tendy. Yeah. Yeah. And I've said it, Rupert, you heard me saying this for three years since you were talking about Anaheim earlier. I can't really tell you what some of these squads are doing. I would have paid blank check to the Anaheim Ducks, and I would John right Gibson. now to get John Gibson. Blank yeah. check. I don't care. Because he's age-appropriate, too, for what those yeah. guys are trying to do. You I don't think the Oilers pick? thought they were going to do as well as they did. I don't honestly That's, don't think they did. Right. They just and got fired down the stretch. Yeah. They got, they got hot at the right time. That's fair. Because and then they were like, yeah, this you, is what uh, we fucking got. Yeah. I can tell you Pittsburgh fans – Pittsburgh fans before the year Jari had this year were screaming, kicking and screaming for John Gibson. And I get it, the local ties and everything. I still believe that he is a guy under the right right team and the right structure. Yeah. He would compete for being the top goalie in the league. I I think he's that good. He's He's that that good. Yeah, he's that dirty. And my boy who's there, their goalie coach, Sudsy, he's been telling me that. And I know that since he was in Kitchener, man. I remember watching him on TV when he was in Kitchener. Like, he just has the pedigree. U17 gold, U18 gold, World Junior gold, mm-hmm. men's world championships. Out of junior, out of Kitchener, he came in for Team USA that spring and won the bronze for the men's, like, NHL world championships at the end of the NHL season. He's got it all. But if – I don't know, man. I'd be burning up their phone line if I'm a squad that needs a goalie. Start with Edmonton. There's several. But if I were a squad that needs a goalie, I'd be burning up the phone line trying to get him there. That's in the division, though, right? So that might be yeah, be a little extra. Cough up a little extra for that one. Here's the thing. Remember what I said? Billions earlier. (laughs) Billions. I know New York is a unique market. Same thing with Toronto. Same thing with, you know, some of the big, big markets that make so much on a per-game basis. But even if you're Edmonton, remember they got the new building now. Yep. They're probably doing about five, five, six sheets of home game in the playoffs. If he can get you a little, like, here's the thing. If I'm Kenny Holland and I go to Connor Leon and I'm like, fellas, we re we re-signed Evander Kane at a good number. All right. Fellas, we got John Gibson. Really? Really? Or we were able to pluck Spencer Knight out of Florida? Really? Do you know what I mean? Like, that has a whole completely different complexion of what the Oilers are going to look and feel. Hey, so you're telling me that it's – So you're telling me it's – that's better than – Hey, boys. Running it back with the same fucking goaltenders <laughs> we've had the last three years. Mike Smith, Mike Smith, hey? Wolf of Wall Street hey, in that you know, change room. You know, you I'm know, not fucking leaving. Hey, you, you know, Smitty. Yeah, you know, Smitty. He's back. 
you know, Miko Koskinen, that, that tough stretch. I get it. He's back. He's back. Let's fucking go. That's <laughs> what you're say, saying sounds a little <laughs> bit better, I feel like. This is my point. Like, because you got to look around. Like, if you're Tampa, Cooch looks over at Stammer. You good? I'm good. Pointer, you good? Yeah, man, I'm good. Cool. Victor Hedman, you good? Yeah. Vassy, you good back there, bro? Yeah? Okay, cool. We're good. Yeah, drop the puck. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you start to yeah. – it's my same thing in Toronto. Like, okay, you guys were trying to salt my man Freddie Anderson. Don't ask me why. Cool. Jack Campbell, luckily for them, played well. But at some point, they're not even sure that they're going to be able to resign him. Carolina and, would still be playing if Freddie was healthy. Yeah. Exactly. Correct. Yeah. And now, if I, and now, if I'm Austin, he looks at freaking Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner looks at him. They might look at Morgan Riley. But then you start looking around. You're like, players know, man. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like when you're playing street hockey, you know. You can't tell yeah. me when you're playing in the national, you don't. All, all of a sudden, you it's don't. It's an arms race. Of course it is. Oh, I'll pick yeah. him. I'll pick him. I'll pick. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how it goes in street hockey. So I don't know. I I think that the oil. I'm curious to see what they do to upgrade the position in the offseason. Not them alone. There's there's several teams, but I'm very curious to see what they do. I'm curious to see what the Leafs do in net. What about Montreal? What does Montreal do? Can Terry Price play? Can Price or not go anymore because of the knee? That's There's a lot going on. Well, Weeksy, you've given us a glorious amount of information and things to think about here. We appreciate you so much. Appreciate you guys, man. Thanks for having me on, boys. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank thanks you. Thanks for having boss. Thanks, fellas. Thank yes, you. thanks, Weeksy. Anytime, care, boys. We'll thanks talk. for having me, man. Thanks Cheers, to all brother. the fans that tuned in, too. Absolutely. Uh, go give follow. Go give Weeksy a follow on Twitter. And don't chirp him. <laughs> you know? Actually... For our entertainment, <laughs> go chirp them. Go, go, go chirp Weeksy. Right? <laughs> no, that was awesome. Hey, look, uh, full, full, just full transparency here. We uh, most of these shows, we at least have an outline of what we're going to talk about, some trending current topics. But I think this one was probably the most loose because look we know where we're at there's only four teams three yeah. teams at this no point game playing. tonight yeah we had no outline tonight we didn't really know what we were going to get into you said we see was coming on i said awesome let's get into it this has been fun this has been a blast because we just sat there and winged it and uh he gave us a lot man he told us uh i did not know that about bruce cassidy with the with the bruins players potentially allegedly so so and, what i what i heard was um that there was there was uh, he his relationships with the younger players wasn't great, and the veteran players didn't like that. Gotcha. So that's what I heard. I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard that that was a thing. So I got to give credit to those veteran players too for like you know what, man, that's not how we're doing it. You know, that's interesting because you were you were a rookie on a veteran team. And you contributed a major piece to winning a championship. And, and those like- guys didn't. Those guys didn't give a fuck about me getting kicked in the nuts every day by our coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but kidding. nowadays, like, there were some good. There were some good vets. Joe Newendijk, uh, Kenny Danico. Uh, there were some good ones. I'm just messing. But people, but- people recognize nowadays, like you need contribution from the young guys. Yeah, if you're gonna success. win. It's got to be a blend. 
everyone's got to contribute, man. And if guys aren't feeling like it's just you, you can sit here and roll your eyes and be like, that's bullshit. I might not argue with you, but that's how it is, right? Like, you, you know, if, if guys aren't feeling like a part of it and the, the relational side of things aren't being met, he's probably not performing to the level that he needs to perform at. And your and team's probably thing, not winning. One thing I wish we would have asked Weeksy about uh, is Jake DeBrusque because we saw the big uh, controversy with Jake DeBrusque requests a trade early in the season. It doesn't happen. They go through the trade deadline. It doesn't happen. They go to the offseason. Oh, what's going to happen? I wonder if that is related to the coaching situation uh, because he's not – He was – Bruce was very complimentary of yeah. Jake at the end of the season. But, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe – because I don't know if he's necessarily one of the young players you're referencing because he's not that young, but he's right. not exactly he's not Bergeron old. and Marchand. But like he played in a, a very, very important role for the Bruins on the stretch, and I thought he had a great end of the season when a lot of people thought he was going to be traded, and he asked for the trade. So I think a lot of people kind of wrote him off, and turns out he ended up having a great finish to the season. So it'll be interesting offseason to see what happens there. You've already got these rumors now about Pasta – What's going on with the DeBrusque? A lot of questions being answered in Boston. A lot of questions being answered everywhere. If, unless you're the Avalanche, the Rangers, or the Lightning right now, there's a lot of questions about everyone yeah. going on. So it'll be an interesting offseason. And uh, we'll talk about all of it. You know, uh, we're winding down the season here. Obviously, we've got the Eastern Conference Finals to finish, but we'll do we'll do uh, some episodes around the draft. We'll do some stuff around free agency. Um, and then. You know, we'll kind of kick it back up next season. Rupper, I know you got to spend your time around the pool. I know you got to get your beach season in, get your summer vacation in. <laughs> Gumps, yeah, man. Trapped in Canada. We'll, we'll see what happens Gumps. there. Yeah, we got to have Operation Free Gumps. Yeah, no Operation shit, Free Gumps up get there. Me, dude. Uh, get me out. Get me out. Yesterday, dude. Yesterday. All right, boys, I'm rambling here at the end. Uh, any final thoughts here before we sign off to uh, the evening? So, Gumpy, you're obviously going you're gonna to say Bolts tomorrow? Oh, yeah. Bolts, what do you got, yeah. Nick? Uh, this game will be in New York, correct? This will be back at MSG for game five. Yeah. Um, Especially if, I, I'm with Bolts, you. if Bolts, if Bolts score first, I mean. I'm with you. It, it, all, it's, it all depends on Filipino and Ryan Strom. Like if those yeah. guys are banged up and they can't, and, and I know Strom took warm ups last game, so it leaned towards him maybe potentially playing. But who really knows? It's a lot of gamesmanship that goes on in the playoffs. But if Heel can't play, I feel like that's a massive loss because he's yeah. played so well in the playoffs. And you mentioned the kid line and how well they've done. If those guys are out, I gotta go Bolts. I have to. Yeah, I would agree with that. If those guys are out, that I'm game going. that game could have been a lot worse than four one. Yeah. Like yeah, that game was, I, five zip. I, I basically zip. wrote that game off at three nothing, and you know the Rangers got one a little bit later, and then Tampa got another one. And I just it, to me that that was a three nothing Tampa game, which is pretty pretty sound. Yeah, if they, I, I have no idea where the series goes. Uh, really? Obvious obvious statement: Whoever wins tomorrow, I think wins the series. That's pretty okay. stupid. That's a pretty stupid thing to say. Because everyone's probably like, "Yeah, no shit, asshole," you know. But nah. whatever. But it, like, it's you got a good chance, obviously. But I, I don't. I have no idea because I don't know who's going to be healthy. I don't know are the Rangers going to be able to crank it up. What I've seen from the Rangers at home, 
They can crank it up. Will yeah. it happen home, now? And on Will the power have, play. Yeah, and on the power play. But they haven't gotten a five-on-five five goal in two games. I don't well, know, man. This, to I me, still is, think this the, to I me is screaming. This is screaming Tampa. But the Rangers have been surprising me all playoffs. I, I'm so I with know. you. I feel the Rangers, little... the Rangers win tomorrow. I still don't think Tampa's dead. I think they trot out point game seven. That's true, but I I will right. agree with Weeksy. I do think it probably goes seven. Yeah, here's the thing too. Uh, both times in the first round and the second round, right? The Rangers lost game five. If I if I have my information correct, and uh, went on to win the series. So, no, it's against the. There. Against the Penguins, they're down three one, so they won five six seven, right? Okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. right. So See, then, that's why. So then, why need check? So, but then in in round two, it was Carolina first two at home, Rangers first two, yeah. or sorry, second two at home. Then it went Lost five on home, the road. Home Rangers had to win on the road, right? In yeah. game seven. Okay. I don't know, dude. I don't know, man. It's I don't know what to make it. I my mind is honestly, it's in a pretzel. It has nothing to do. In, like yes, I played for the Rangers. Uh, I, I don't care. I'm not rooting for either team. I want to see a good finals. That's why I want to no, see seven. I, I want to see, see seven games. I want to see seven games for anything. Right now, I'm going to say with you, Gumpy. I'm probably leaning more towards. I think Tampa will get it done. Yes, but I I'm see not. It too, though. I don't I've feel very. It. I don't feel like secure with that. I've seen the growth from the Rangers. I told Gumpy this and like. If Jari would have played all the games in game one and round one, I think the Penguins win. But at the same time, like the Rangers were kind of getting their feet wet. They were kind of yeah. getting that. They're getting good. They, the they're, playing, the they're playing experience. much. They're playing so much, much better than they were now than they did then. Yes. So much, it's a different team almost. Like they're, yeah, I they're agree. so much more sound, five on five and everything. And uh, I know we're trying to get out one more thing, just real, like Ryan Lingren. I'm getting like Brooks Orpic vibes from Ryan. Lingren. Yeah. Like the shift, the skating ability. Please the look physical up ability. Please, if you're a fan and you don't know what the shift is from the 2009 playoffs against the Detroit Red Wings in the finals, look up Brooks or pick the shift on YouTube. It's incredible. And I didn't appreciate the the Rangers fans trying to claim the shift. They had a good shift from the kids line the other game. Oh, did they? Did they go with that? Uh, they tried saying it was the shift. I'm like, listen, everybody knows there's one. The shift. Brooks Norpick from 2009. He put three Red Wings on their ass. Like everybody knows, that's the shift. Come on, yeah. guys. You can be a little more clever. You can come up with a different name. But I get it. You're excited. You're in the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, you deserve a little juice, a little happiness. But all right, all right. We've rambled off for too long. We've gone an hour and a half. It's too long. It's too late. We got to get out of here. Um. Shout out to Weeksy for joining Still us. early, dude. 6.30. Yeah, yeah look, right. Light, <laughs> light up. Uh, we appreciate everyone in the chat for rocking with us and, and hanging out with us all night. We appreciate everyone who follows along on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, Rupper, it's 6.8. Yeah. Can't wait for tomorrow, boys. Can't wait for tomorrow. <laughs> Salute out. <laughs> uh, and we'll see everybody next week when potentially, I mean, then we're talking Stanley Cup Final. Then we're talking, this is it. We're talking Lordo. We're talking the real deal. We're talking the Cups in the yes. building. So, uh, hey, and just a side note, too. If Tampa makes it, Pat might have a great chance at a Stanley Cup party either way. 
50-50 shot. Keep that in if, mind. If Tampa makes it. We got Patty Maroon and we got Jack Johnson. We got ins on both ends of Tampa Mason. If the Rangers make yep. it, it's going to be a little bit. And we'll figure it out. A, hey, so Ranger a, fans, if you really want everyone to set a rule for the Rangers, you you lock in a Pat McAfee company party with the Stanley Cup, <laughs> then uh, maybe the boys will start swinging it that way. That way, so. No, uh, probably not. We're we're poor yeah. pens guys over here, but uh, go go <laughs> appreciate it, Rupper. Uh, <laughs> shout out to everyone. Thank you so much. And that's hockey talk.